you know, sometimes I think that we get this idea of there's sacred time and then there's bland, normal time. Right. Sacred time is when I'm reading my Bible, when I'm praying, when I'm in church, yep. singing the praises. But everything else is kind of filler. Yep. When really every moment is sacred. Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is Pastor Tim. And this is the Every Moment His podcast, uh, devoted to how we uh, apply the gospel to every single moment of our lives, including our work. And uh, that is what we're talking about today. Yeah. Is and how great. We're going to have a great show. I think so. I Absolutely. feel it. You are, you are in luck, listener. Yes. It's going to be a gem. <laughs> <laughs> because, oh, well, I mean, we spend a lot of time in our work, don't we? We do. So if you can if you can look through that with a, a lens a God given lens and a blessing, I mean that's a big part of your life. In fact you might even be listening to this while you're at work. Yeah. As long as you don't neglect your work. Yeah, right. So it'll improve your work today. Yeah. One of the best day ever. So <laughs> we uh we thought we'd maybe begin this show by talking about the worst job we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's had a worse job. And I, I think there's, a, you know, when we talk about our vocations or our callings, and, and especially when we talk about the work that we do, I think there's sometimes there's a bit of a, like, well, what about the people who, like, have a terrible job, you know? Because we've all been there. Yeah. Does it still, does, does the concept of being called and worshipful in your work life, does that still apply, you know, if you are scraping the gum uh, off the, the seats at the movie theater? <laughs> Yes, it and does. we've all been there. And uh, so I'll, I guess I'll go first. Go for it. Um, man, I worked construction in college every summer and uh, rose up in the ranks. Uh, um, I wasn't the carpenter's assistant. I, was, uh, I actually was, was making some good money. Sweet. So that when I graduated college, I said, you know what? I got the Spanish degree, but then I also am working construction and I show up to work and I don't do drugs. So <laughs> they're paying me good money. Yeah, so I said, I'm going to do this for a whole year. And so I was doing it. And then I uh, got married. And when I got married, I needed to move to Seward because Kelly had one more year of college. And, and I, I thought, I'll just go work for a, a general contractor. Now, the, c the construction I did before was very specific and they trained me well. But the construction job that I started, uh, I was uh, framing. And nobody wanted to teach me anything. And I didn't have the right tools. And people were cranky. And they kind of <laughs> assumed that I should know what I'm doing. And I also, like, got yelled at a lot. Yeah. That's um, fun. <laughs> that only lasted for three months until I started working at, at uh, s uh, selling cell phones at the mall in Lincoln. But huh. uh, not fun. But so still yeah. an opportunity to glorify God. Well, and it's interesting how two of the s similar jobs, construction, building stuff, like if you work with the right people, it makes huge difference. Oh, yeah. It's, it's uphill if you're working with people who are cranky. Yeah. The previous job, I, I, I definitely uh, heard uh, expletives used in ways that I'd never heard them used before. And yeah. it was some interesting characters, but opportunities to share the gospel. And I really learned a lot. And, and I, I kind of felt some dignity in my work. That yeah, like right. I built something. 
Absolutely. But then when I took that new job, I felt like I just got yelled at and I don't think I built anything. Yeah. But still, I think it built some character in me. Yeah. And it was an opportunity to glorify God. How about you? So I've had a lot of jobs in my life and different jobs. Um, and I mentioned one to you, which was uh, I did landscaping for a time. Uh, but then I don't know if that was the worst one. I think the worst one was when I, I, I sold long distance phone plans for MCI. Before, because wow. MCI turned out they had like a bunch of scandals, you know, and, and they uh, basically their company ended in lawsuits. Um, but before that, they had a call center in Colorado Springs. And if you had ambition, you could actually make a decent money. Um, like as a, so I was like 16 years old and I was calling people at night. Wow. Uh, or 16 or 17 is my in senior year. In like a call year. center? In a call center. With I was a headset? Yep, headset and everything, and I was trying to talk people into buying, uh, you know, long-distance plan for, like, however many cents per minute. You know, back when that was a thing because wow. no one had cell phone. Not everyone had cell phones. So as a teenager, were you, like, loaded? Were you, like, well, taking your friends <laughs> out to McDonald's this and is picking up the tab? <laughs> one reason why it was so miserable is because if you hit a certain mark at, mm -hmm. you know, a couple, like, three weeks or you had a month of time if you hit a certain mark you had these bonuses that would kind of multiply so as a high schooler you could make a thousand dollar paycheck part-time wow um so you could make a lot of money but if you had a bad start you weren't going to make good money you're going to make like five bucks an hour okay so it's commission-based and there was bonuses and so uh if you did poorly in the first week your whole rest of your month was like pretty much done and so you'd just be sitting there like, oh man, I gotta make another call. I gotta bother some people, and yeah. And you started to, f I started to feel a little bad because you know, whenever you get a telemarketer call, does that make you feel great? I had the same kind of experience in retail when I was uh, selling cell phones. Is there was a lot of pressure to sell people stuff they didn't need. Yeah, yeah. Like you're supposed to sell all these accessories, like car charger, case, you know, all these things. Yep. And I'm like, I don't think that I need that. But there was all this pressure, like sure. to sell it, yeah. But uh, oh, anyway, so <laughs> in those in those difficult tasks, uh, was God present? Was God doing those? Was God with us uh, and calling us into a a worshipful work? Yes, yeah. I believe so. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and yeah. we're going to try to understand the big picture and the little picture, and, and think a little bit about the scriptures. Um, before that, I, ha I did have a joke for you. It I think it kind of okay. goes along with this. You know what? I'm going to be more positive about the joke. <laughs> I'm going to assume that I'm going to like it. Good. So <laughs> Good. You can tell me thank you. Yeah. Th well, thank you. Uh, so what is the hardest T to swallow? Reality. That's kind of deep. <laughs> yeah, and existential. I, I like it because it's like one of those dad jokes that you, it's there's a bit of wisdom to it. Yeah, you, know? you could like yeah. go into a dad lecture. Yeah, right. It's like I didn't want to pick up the dog poop today, Dad. Well, let me tell you a joke. Yeah, <laughs> it's a joke about <laughs> reality. <laughs> reality. <laughs> yeah, reality stinks sometimes. sometimes yeah, so. yeah. So uh, there also is something that stinks, um, and it is. Uh, it's an ancient heresy. Yeah. And, um, and we're going to talk about this ancient heresy that uh, 
was present in the early church and persists even until today. And I think you'll be able to recognize it when we describe it. Uh, and the reason we're bringing that up is because it really influences the way we see the value of our work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the name of this heresy is? Gnosticism. Gnosticism. Yeah. Yes. There's not too many words that have a G-N in the beginning. Yeah. I was Gnome. thinking Noki. You know, like, is it called Noki? Like that kind of pasta? I don't know. They're like balls of pasta. It's like the worst kind of pasta there is. Never heard of it. basically balls of dough that you eat with some Italian food. It's an Italian uh, dish. I'm not Italian, so I don't know. Yeah, I think it's called Noki. But anyway, it's G-N. Okay. Right? Gnomes are Gnome, another one. yeah. Yeah, Gnosticism is as bad as gnomes are. It is, especially lawn gnomes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steal your stuff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Gnosticism comes from the Greek word for knowledge. That's right. And uh, kind of a, a weird heresy. It's 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 kind of parasitic in that mm-hmm. it like gets into even the Christian faith and kind of eats it away from the inside. Um, and it's it it blends into a lot of things. And and it uh, it's just it's kind of a chameleon, right? You can't quite see it, yeah. Um, until you look really close to start pulling things apart. So I bet people are on the edge of their seats right now. Like, tell, <laughs> tell me, me, what yeah. is this Gnosticism? Um, How would you describe it? Well, it is it is broad, um, yeah. but I think the primary characteristic is well, knowledge, gnosis, um, that there is secret knowledge, right? But then especially that. The material world is bad, right? And that the immaterial world or the spiritual world is the true world, and is good. Okay, so body's bad, and the spirit is good. Yeah, and so the, and I this is kind of what was behind the curtain of the sermon a little bit, and what I was trying to get at is this this tendency then is then to escape the bad and get to the good. Right. And you see a lot of um, philosophies, Western philosophies, Platonism, can have elements of this. Yeah, so for example, Plato, philosopher. Not the toy. Not the stuff that comes in the can and gets all over. Um, Plato, uh, he he was before Jesus. um, Very influential on the Western world and on the Greek uh, empire. He taught that, that, yeah, that humanity is divided into two parts, body and soul, and the body is bad. It's kind of or at least lesser mm-hmm. that it's even our, our desires are bad. That really to be human is kind of not a great thing. Really what is good is the soul. Mm-hmm. And so the body is kind of like a shell, and the soul is the real you that can escape the body. Uh, can go to a higher reality, kind of like heaven, uh, which is very different from Hebrew thought in the Old Testament yes. because the, the biblical view is that the body is good. God created matter. It's good. It's not lesser. Uh, and that human beings are this unity of body and soul mm-hmm. and that your soul is really your life, that you're, you're a living creature. You're and, uh, and so the Old Testament is kind of earthy, Right, it like is. it's wine and oil and blood and good food yep. and, and, and earth and trees and yep and and uh, love your spouse and yep. and and uh, and and work is good. That work was not a punishment, as many of the ancient philosophers or religions taught. 
but work is partnering with God to yeah. do awesome things. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, even the, the Hebrew words, you know, like if we look at the Hebrew narrative, it's Adam is when God breathes into Adam, mm-hmm. he becomes a soul. The word that we use in the Bible is soul, but it's it's simply a soul is a, is the whole thing we could say. It's an animated body. It's word. your whole life. Right. Yeah. And I think we, yeah, we have these strong categories of body and soul and that I was kind of foreign to the new or the Old Testament. Yeah. And so you get to the early church and in the early church you had uh, all the whole early church was predominantly Jewish. And so they were thinking in this Jewish uh, mindset that the body's good. And so you have Paul who says something like in First Timothy chapter four, that everything that God created is good and should be received with thanksgiving. And uh, that some false teachers would say that you shouldn't eat certain foods and mm, you shouldn't get yeah. married because they said the body's bad. Right. Um, and even uh, some of the early Gnostics would deny that Jesus even came in a body, that his body yes. was like a pretend body. It was like a ghost. Yeah. Or or like because, a, yeah. because, well, humanity is too low for God. Yeah. So they denied the incarnation. They denied the incarnation of Jesus yeah. that he was truly born in the flesh, yeah. and 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 so, so in the early centuries of the church, like the church kind of almost got hijacked by this Greek thought, this mm-hmm. kind of pl- uh, Plato's philosophy yeah, that it's the mis- bodies together, the body's bad, the soul's good, and the the soul is on a journey to escape through the right disciplines or practices or knowledge, the soul is on a journey to escape the body and get to heaven. Yeah. And that's not the gospel. And well, and by heaven, they don't have in mind the biblical vision of the new heavens and the new earth. Right. Heaven is simply where God dwells, which happens to be apart from where we are because of sin right now. Yeah. But heaven and earth are bound together in the beginning, mm-hmm. and they also w- will be back together at the end. And this is... You know, the picture that we get in the scripture is the dwelling of God is once again with man. The heavens and the earth are back together. God and man dwell in the same space. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this Gnostic thought basically says, no, no, no. You're going to be released from all this stuff, released from your body, which is inferior. Your soul's the good part. Uh, You're going to be released from this stinking earth. Mm-hmm. and you're going to get into the form realm or the realm of the spirit where you can leave all that kind of temporal decaying stuff behind. Yeah, kind of like in the clouds, you know, yep. eating grapes. And I think we in the West, we're so influenced by these things, we have no idea. Yeah. We have no idea how much this is really I mean, you see way. it in movies like All Dogs Go to Heaven, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you right. know, kind of like that. And Well, and, and so I think that e- even... Even like Star Wars, you know, Star Wars, yeah. when all the Jedis die, they're all like waving in the spirit yeah. realm. Yeah, hey right. Guys. And a lot of people think that's what heaven is. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of Christians have a view of everlasting life that doesn't include the body. Yeah. And that actually... Or the earth. Or the earth, yeah. That actually is Gnosticism. And, and uh, uh, because, wh- uh, for example, when we say in the Apostles' Creed... I mean, what is everlasting life? It's, I believe, in the resurrection of the, wait the for body. it, the body, yeah, <laughs> right? right, right. Uh, and the life everlasting. And, and so, well, how does this deal with work? Yeah, so I, I think if, uh, like in my sermon, I talked about if, if it is the case that we're meant to escape this, er, this earth and mm-hmm. that the physical realm is bad, the work of our hands is bad, then 
if you think about that, then your work just becomes kind of this like placeholder, you know, you're, you're just, just doing time. Yeah. You're just doing time. You know, you're just waiting until your body breaks down. You can get out of here yeah. and you see the earth as something that's going to be left behind. And so instead of seeing yourself as an integral part of creation, uh, Adam is made for the earth, the Adama. Mm-hmm. We who are made in the same, we're in the same race. We are meant for the earth. We're meant for work. We're meant to create, be co-creators with God. Yeah. And in the Christian picture, uh, the biblical picture is that, yeah, God's not done with this world. He's not done with our bodies, right? Right. He's returning to the world to recreate the world, to bring it back up to spec, you could back say. Back to good, yeah. 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 And then us along with it. So that's good news because, and for our work, you know, really specifically when we think about it, uh, if that's the case, if that is the future for the world, uh, is not um, falling into climate destruction or something like that, or, or mm-hmm. uh, something something terrible happening to the world, just or just discarding it, right? If the future is we are to be restored, yeah. and we are Christians with that hope today, that means we can live in that hope live in that purpose, get our, get the dirt under our fingernails. Right. And know that that's actually our intended purpose for this world today and show that to the world. Yeah. And, and so I think a lot about how then people will maybe think of work, you know, as, yeah, just putting in your time because, you know, if the goal of, of salvation is to escape, uh, then we're going to say, yeah, I just do this to get a paycheck. And maybe I just get a paycheck so I can give my offering to my church so we can preach the gospel. Mm. You know, that's the only value of my work. But I think that a Christian viewpoint of work would be that work is good in and of itself because it's, you know, God created us to be co-creators and to be, you know, creative. Uh, you know, I even wonder if that's why, like, you ever notice that sometimes Christian art in the last couple of decades is just so bland hmm. and kind <laughs> of uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just mediocre. <laughs> like clip art. Yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting thought. Compare that to like the Baroque oh, know, era right? of yeah, like that's, that's a really good Johann thought. Sebastian Bach's yeah. like beautiful ornate music for the glory of God. Yeah. And even like the the way art was done and and, and it's just so creative, and it, it's all giving glory to God. It's this creative work that's invested in this creation that's right. making us look up to God, of course. But but I think that sometimes if our idea is like, well, I'm just waiting for Jesus to get me out of here, exactly. then we're going to have kind of subpar art <laughs> yeah, in the church. Yeah, we're not going to delight in creation, <coughs> right? Delight in the task in front of us. Mm-hmm. And, and see it as Christians, we have our work has been redeemed. Yeah, you know, our this creation has been saved already, mm-hmm. and we along with it. So yeah, we can dig in with all the joy and all the passion we can muster. You yeah. know, say yeah, this is the point of life is to is to take up this task in a God pleasing way, and so I'm going to do it. Well, and I even see this sometimes, like where people will, um, will say, you know, like well, um. They'll take their job title and then they'll add the word Christian to it. Mm, you yeah. know, like, you know, I'm not just a musician. I'm a Christian musician. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not just an artist. I'm a Christian artist. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're a Christian, everything you do is Christian. Right. <laughs> right. right. I mean, and, and, and so sometimes we put these labels on these things. And I think it's because we're trying to over-spiritualize the things we're doing. Or market. Yeah. Yeah. 
when really like every if you're a Christian, everything that you do is Christian and godly. Yeah. Of course, not sin, but I mean, like let's say that, you know, let's say that you have a hobby of woodworking in your garage, you know, all by yourself. Uh, that act in itself glorifies God, the act itself. Yeah. And it doesn't need to have a, a Christian fish on it or like, a, right. you know what I mean? Right, like yeah. I think Luther is credit. I don't think he actually said this, but he's credited with saying, you know, a Christian cobbler, a shoemaker, mm-hmm. he's a Christian shoemaker, not by putting little crosses in the bottom of the shoe, but by making a good shoe and selling it at a fair price. Being just excellent at what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So so the point is that our work can become worshipful, right? Mm-hmm. When we know that it's for the, the true master, Jesus Christ, when we're recognize we're being recreated in his image yeah. uh, day by day. And so we can pour our passions into our work for the sake of the world, you mm-hmm. know, for the sake of lifting people up. Uh, Sufian Stevens... Uh, he's a a good artist, <laughs> but he's he said um, musician, right? He's a musician, yeah. Uh, fans, you know, really unique kind of musician. Yeah, very creative. And he said, um, what do you say? He said that Christian makes a really bad adjective and a really good noun. Mm-hmm. So to be a Christian is just a noun. It's just my, who I am. But yeah. to be a Christian artist, or uh, you know, as a separate category is kind of like lessening the reality because it's like to be a Christian is to be fully human. Yeah, it's almost like you're saying that I have to add the adjective to it because it's not good enough in itself. Yeah. You know, like doing dishes isn't good enough in itself, so I have to be a a Christian dishwasher. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, really what we're after here is that as a Christian, as a baptized child of God, everything that you do has the dignity of Jesus to it. Mm-hmm. And, and so you do it for the Lord and you do it for others. And and that's true if you're working a job that just really kind of stinks and you're getting yelled at and you, and you feel like, man, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still an opportunity to glorify God. I was I was thinking too about how that gives so much dignity and purpose to every task that we do um, so that really every moment is his. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd tie it back to the title. Very nice, yeah. yeah. See what I did there? I do. <laughs> uh, because, you know, sometimes I think that we get this idea of there's sacred time and then there's bland, normal time. Right. Sacred time is when I'm reading my Bible, when I'm praying, when I'm in church, yep. singing the praises. But... Everything else is kind of filler. Yep. When really every moment is sacred. In fact, I would even say it could be the opposite uh, dynamic in that when you come to church, when you worship God, you're filled by Him. That is actually so that you can go back into those vocations, mm-hmm. you know, and and fulfill that calling as His creature in this world until He returns. So. It's not that you're working so that you can simply come to church to praise God, but you come to church to praise God to be filled by Him so that you might work. Yeah. Gives I think there's kind of a both and there. But right. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that gives us better motivations for our work too, because let's be honest, like, you know, sometimes work can be like, you know, I'm just kind of doing this for a paycheck. Yeah. Like when I worked my construction job, yep. 
I'm just doing this because I, I, I kind of need to get some health insurance. <laughs> um, they had insurance for you, huh? Well, I had to wait, <laughs> and I didn't make it. <laughs> I got a different job that actually gave me health insurance immediately, which was kind of a yeah. uh, what made me choose that. But, uh, you know, we, we're, just, we're, we're just working for the paycheck. And there's a certain thing that's not wrong with that because, because we do need to provide Mm-hmm. And and that's even a reward for our labors. That's that's good and just. But but we don't want to just work for the the paycheck because then we start to cut corners. Like man, what's the least amount I need to do to make the most amount of money? Or another motivation that we might have would be personal fulfillment. Like I'm going after my dream job, which is to to be a veterinarian or something. Mm-hmm. You know. But in the meantime, when I'm working at you know the smoothie shop. I'm just putting in my time. Just gonna slack my way I'm through. Just gonna it. slack my way through, yeah. because it's not my dream job. My life hasn't actually really started until I get to my dream job. Right. But like, what does Jesus say? He says, if you're faithful in like small things, you can be faithful in big things. Yeah, that's good. And if you're a Christian who can be faithful with a minimum wage deal, then then you can be faithful with bigger things. Yeah, and I think the one of the points is the the Bible really focuses on the relationships. So it's like who you're working with mm-hmm. uh, because you can, you can have opportunities to, to witness, to share, to be with them, to lift them up. Or it's, a, it's someone who's employing you and writing your check. Man, you can, everyone knows what it's like to, to have a, a good Im- person working yeah. with them or a good boss. And you can do both. You, know, you, can, you can use the opportunity to be uh, you know, just a scoundrel <laughs> in your work. Yeah. Or you can use the opportunity to to bring glory to the name of God and to be content with your station right now in life and mm-hmm. and show the world uh, s- something a little deeper. I think about uh, I had some uh, some people I knew in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and they were mechanics. And mm-hmm. they, um, you know, it's just a, a common uh, job. Uh, but one of the things that they did is they would say that the coffee's always on. That was like their tagline: the coffee's always on. And I talk to them and they they realize that when people's cars are broken down um they're having a bad week yeah right and so part of their mission is not only to fix their cars and take their money for fixing cars but also to care for them as people you know and i think that was just a really good example of what it meant to be doing a mechanic doing a great job and they were good at their job but also just caring for people with their vocation and their work Mm-hmm. And I think any job can be like that. You know, you could be making phone calls in a call center and you can genuinely care for people on the other end of the line yeah. and make a difference in someone's day. Yeah, so that when people look at your work, they see they see Jesus. Mm-hmm. They see his humility. They see his compassion. They see, uh, and, and it op- it really, it, it, it opens up opportunities to share the gospel too mm-hmm. because, you know, like, I remember I remember my dad talking about this about how like he's worked with Christians who are always talking about Jesus <laughs> but do awful work. <laughs> yeah. Like they're always talking about oh, Jesus. Yeah. They're so heavenly minded but they're of absolutely no earthly good. Like yeah, they're right, just right. like <laughs> like quoting bible verses and and stuff and 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 trying to witness to to Christ but their work makes all of those words not even really carry much weight, mm. but but then being able to work with somebody 
uh, who is going to talk about Jesus, but, but really they're going to back it up with a whole bunch of integrity where people will look at you and say, well, what's, something's different about the way that you do your work. Yeah. You're not just showing up to, to put in your time. You're not just trying to get a paycheck or climb the corporate ladder. Like you're just really concerned about doing what you do with integrity. Yeah, and so it's it is a spiritual worship. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, this is what the Bible tells us. You know, whatever your hand finds to do, do it as if you're serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, do it with all your heart, soul, and strength. You know, um, yeah. do it as if you're serving not an earthly master but a heavenly master, which you are already. You're already in the as the service of Jesus. Uh, and so if you, if you wake up in the morning, you drive to work or you walk to work, whatever you're doing, you think that's, that's my job here mm-hmm. um, is to serve the Lord in whatever I find uh, t- my task to do. Um, man, that's going to change your, your work life, your wor- work week. And that is the opposite of Gnosticism. It is. Right? Because Gnosticism says that your work is not important because the body is not important. Mm-hmm. And I think there's even a, a soft form of Gnosticism that would say that your work is only as good as you're able to share Christ with somebody. Hmm. And, and that's not true, that your work is important because it's important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the body is important, because this life is important. And maybe that transitions us now into this question of, of the life to come. Uh, like we said before, I think that we have maybe a, often a, I don't know if faulty is the right word, but maybe a incomplete incomplete understanding of life everlasting being one that is is the soul but not the body. Yeah. And you hear people talk about this like, oh, this body is just a shell. Yeah. This body is just a... Or even, and this is a little touchy, but whenever we say that people become angels yeah. when they die... Because God didn't create you to be an angel. Right. He created you to be a human. A human. And there is a difference. What, yeah. Which church father said, the glory of God is a man fully alive? That was uh, Irenaeus. God bless him. That's a baller quote. Yeah. <laughs> Irenaeus, the first baller. He's a baller. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, being created in the image of God is, is, is part of that image of God is to have a body. Mm-hmm. And to have our senses, our reason, and and that f- does not get left behind. <laughs> to quote a uh, book series that is <laughs> guilty <laughs> of this <laughs> is uh, guilty of this, and also not good doctrine is uh, left behind. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, also bad acting. <laughs> yeah. So I I think yeah behind this big conversation of work is yeah is does God care about the world? Yes. Does matter matter? Yeah. Like yes, <laughs> matter does matter, uh, and it will in the life to come. Yeah. So, in fact, Jesus became God became matter. Right? He became part of the creation. Jesus yeah. took on a body. Well, the Son of God took on a body, yeah. and that body is a human whose name is Jesus. Yeah. And in the life to come, will Jesus still have a body? Right, and he certainly will. And and actually, a, the glorified a glorified same body, right? He still had the scars from his earthly life, right? So we know he's the same person, and will have a body. Mm-hmm. We in will. In fact, it says in Philippians chapter three that he will transform our lowly bodies, uh, lowly in that they're subject to sin and death and disease, that they will be transformed like his body, like his glorious body, right? Yeah. So here's a question: When you are 
when you expect to be in the new creation, do you expect to work? Yes. You should. I expect that there will be creativity. Yep. Art. Yep. Work. Sports. Maybe. I don't see why not. Yeah. And maybe I'll be good at them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, You'll, you have plenty of time to work on it. So. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Your swing. Golf swing. <laughs> but, s but, you know, we don't leave behind our humanity and the new heavens and the new right. earth. We leave behind sin and death and, and sorrow, the thorns and the thistles, you know. Yeah, yeah. But the we curse. But we, I believe that there will be work because um, it's, you know, here's a helpful illustration. You've seen the movie WALL-E? I have. So WALL-E, uh, you know, humanity kind of blows up the earth. Like it's just trashed. Yeah. You know, uh, what's the name of the company? The Big and Large? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of like they've just taken over the earth with all this trash and it's just ruined. It's an ecological disaster. And of course, you know, Wally's left there to clean stuff up and and then uh, then they get on the spaceship with the humans and they've like lost the capacity to like really <laughs> fully know. function as humans. I love that. And but then they're all just like in their little hover chairs drinking Slurpees. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and so then they come back to Earth and I like when the credits roll. They've got this song by like Jack Johnson or something. And it just kind of, the scenes show these human beings like putting the earth back together. Right. And they're planting and, and growing and harvesting and, and it's fruitful. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I see uh, the new heavens and the new earth to be like is it's restored. Humanity is finally achieving its, its purpose. Yeah. It's not this disembodied in the clouds with, you know, like all dogs go to heaven. Right. You Rather, know. yeah, I think, you know, it's it's the earth minus pollution, right? Minus the destruction of, of uh, hurricanes. And um, the pollution of sin and right, selfishness. Right, yeah. and murder and death and all that stuff. It's the earth, it's, it is kind of, it is the u original utopian picture. That we all kind of have in our hearts, yeah. but can never achieve. Right, but yeah. God will deliver that. And in fact, it'll be even better uh, because of what Christ has done, right? Yeah. Um, that was a really surprising thing for me when I realized that that is what life everlasting is. I it don't feel yeah. like I learned that until seminary. No, it's exactly it's like the best kept secret. I exactly. It just misses most people. And then when you start to see it, you start to see it everywhere in the Bible. Uh, in, in lots of, lots of different places. It's talking this way. Yeah. And you're like, how did I miss that for 20 years? And then it even has these implications on, on your work what you do now, the goodness of your calling where God has saved you to serve. Uh, and it even has implications into like, as Lutherans, our view of the Lord's Supper. Absolutely. That Jesus is present yeah. with us yeah. in a physical way, not just a spiritual way. Yeah, and, and it makes sense that God would use elements of this world to save us. Yeah. You know, not just spiritual, untangible things, but he uses mm -hmm. water, he uses wine, he uses bread. Yeah, and in that sense, uh, Lutheran theology is very down to earth. Yeah. It's uh, Christ coming it's down to us. It's earthy. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, that is the time for today. Thanks for coming along. We pray that these things are useful. We pray each time we get on, uh, on the microphones here that uh, this is useful to you, that it, it lifts you up. So in your work, um, 
work as if you are serving the Lord because you truly are. Yep, and uh, we'll be at it next week. We're going to talk about save to serve as a citizen. Uh, that'll be fun. That'll so be good. We'll see you then. All right.